Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about managing up. Barbara's coaching had barely begun when she was promoted to senior vice president. Because she had worked in many divisions of her global packaged goods company and had always been viewed as a high performer, her promotion had really only been a matter of time. The company's goal for her coaching was for her to manage up more effectively, a skill that would serve her no matter what her position. When she and I discussed what she wanted out of the coaching, managing up was on her mind too. I want your help being more political, she told me, but before that, I want to be ready to manage the guy who's going to be my new boss. I've heard a lot about him, but I don't really know him. What should I be thinking about managing up to a new boss? Well, how have you managed in the past? I asked her. She laughed. I don't want to be guided by what I've done before. If I were any good at it, I wouldn't need coaching. I laughed, too, and then asked, Well, what about your team, Barbara? Who's managing you well right now? Without hesitation, she said, Indra, she is one of my rock stars. Her one-on-one meetings are so productive. She always has an agenda, and she sticks to it, and whenever we're done, she's taken at least one thing off my plate. Wow, good for her, I said. That's the cardinal rule of managing up. What is? Well, actually, it's a question you ask yourself, I said. Before and after every exchange with your boss, you ask yourself, am I putting work on her plate or taking work off? That's the cardinal rule. Take more work off your boss's plate than you put on. But a lot of people never think of it. I've got a guy just like that, she said, shaking her head. Carl, every time he sees me, he wants another piece of me. I smiled. Sounds like a zombie movie. (laughs) Not that kind of piece. He wants me to be his thought partner about his work. And that's not all bad. I actually love the work. I miss doing it. But I don't think he understands it really uses up my capacity. Do you set limits, I asked. Well, sure. I've had to. But I wish I didn't. I'd love to have the time to get into his work, but I don't. She looked at me and asked, Am I being selfish about this? No, Barbara, it's completely personal. You feel he's putting work on your plate. Some other boss might not. What's too bad is that Carl hasn't learned to ask the question himself. She shook her head. No, don't put it on him. What's really too bad is that I haven't taught him to ask the question. In fact, I'm going to talk to my whole team about this. Hey, folks... Either you're putting work on my plate or taking it off. That is a great way to think about managing my people. And for you to think about managing up to Jean-Michel, I said, referring to the executive vice president who would be her new boss. Do you know what, she said, as if she had just discovered the obvious. I'll just ask him. How can I take stuff off your plate? She nodded with finality. Okay. What else should I be doing when I manage up? As if it were a well-known proverb, I said, Don't raise a problem without recommending at least one solution. Oh, that's Miss Suko. When she uncovers a problem, boy, does she come running. And i got to say, her judgment is flawless. She's always right. But then I say, Oh, wow, Miss Suko, this is great. What do you think we should do about it? She always looks like I just banged her with a mallet but I send her away until she's got a recommendation. I nodded and said, I hear about a lot of people doing that, 
with job scope these days. What do you mean, she said, when someone will say to her boss, what am I supposed to be doing? Exactly, I said. And I always tell them, asking your boss to define your job is giving her a problem without a recommendation. And by the way, it's also missing an opportunity to define your job yourself. Okay, she said. So that's another way to manage up. Don't bring up a problem without suggesting a solution. Then clearly changing the subject, she asked, What do you think about saying yes? As a tool for managing up, I asked. Right, she said. I had a boss who said you should always say yes. I don't quite believe that. But this year, I caught myself saying no over and over. I'd been arguing my position for about a month before I asked myself, why wasn't I saying yes? And I realized I was really just being stubborn, that I could say yes. After that, I started wondering if maybe I needed to say yes more often. When I asked for details, Barbara told me that Graham, her current boss, had asked her to create a new report. The new report would become part of his quarterly presentations to the board of directors. Barbara created the report as a document, with graphs and supporting text. Graham said he wanted the report as a slide presentation with graphs only. For about a month, Barbara argued that the report would be better as a document, not a slide deck. Sitting across from me now, she shook her head. One night driving home, I suddenly asked myself, why am I saying no to him and telling him he's wrong? Why can't I say yes? So I said yes. I gave him the presentation he wanted. He's the boss. Why did my idea have to be better than his? I nodded but didn't speak. After a moment, she asked what I was thinking. Well, I'm wrestling with two ideas, I said. One is your idea about saying yes. I, I agree. I think it's good to say yes to your boss whenever you can. I also think it's an important part of managing up to speak truth to power. I was wondering if those two cancel each other out or if they can coexist. Ooh, speak truth to power, she said, as if it were a spooky movie title. Well, I sure hope my people are telling me the truth, even the stuff I don't want to know. I hope I'm making it easy for them to speak truth to power. What about you, Barbara? Do you speak truth to power? Well, I'm better now than I was, she said. I used to speak my truth really loudly. I wasn't so much speaking truth to power as yelling. I was known for, <laughs> how shall I put it, standing up for my position. And now, I asked, I'm much more effective these days, mostly because I talk to people behind closed doors. I'm not trying to make my points in meetings. And do you find that it's welcome? Well, it depends on the person, but, yeah, even if people don't want to hear it, I do tell them the truth, at least once. Do you know what I've found effective, I offered? Talk about it like it's a weather report from last week. How do you mean, she asked. When something feels like a truth-to-power situation, it's usually a little volatile. I say, take the volatility out of it. Talk about it like it's last night's traffic report. It's just a fact. Don't make it personal. Talk like you've got no skin in the game, even if you do. Now that's something Mitsuko does really well, she said. When she brings me her problems, she is completely calm, and oh, that style helps me listen. Barbara wrote a list of how she could manage up effectively with Jean-Michel. There were five items on it. Number one, take work off his plate. Number two, 
Don't bring a problem without a solution. And then, underlined, she had added, And don't take it personally when your solution isn't adopted. Number three on her list, If he doesn't define my job, take a crack at it myself and check it out with him. Number four, say yes more often. Five, speak truth to power as if it's old news. I admired the list, and I asked her, Would you like to be managed that way? Oh, my gosh, yes, she said. At her next staff meeting, Barbara shared her list with her leadership team, and being smart people, they began to manage up to her more effectively. Some of them even rolled the list down to their direct reports. When she finally began her relationship with Jean-Michel, putting her list into action helped her maintain the look and sound of leadership. Managing up is a critical skill no matter what level you're at. If you'd like to think a little more deeply about it and hone your skills, there are more than 25 other podcasts in the Look and Sound of Leadership archive that are in the category called Managing Up. Five in particular that I'd recommend are Managing Your Boss from July 2007, I Hate Politics from October 2009, Upward Feedback, from December 2012, Getting Good Feedback, November 2005, and Don't Take It Personally, June 2010. The entire archive of executive coaching tips is always available to you for free on the Essential Communications website, EssentialCom.com. That's EssentialCom with two M's dot com. From our homepage, click the navigation button marked Coaching Tips. Many podcast listeners tell me that in addition to listening to the podcast, they like receiving the HTML email version, too. If you'd like to get the email version, when you're on the website, just hit the subscribe button. I'd love to add you to the list. When you're on the site, you can view the online version of any of the tips or download them as PDFs to save for yourself or forward to others. And, of course, aside from being available on the Essential Communications website, the podcast is also available on iTunes or Stitcher. Just search for The Look and Sound of Leadership. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.